Hello and happy Thursday. Welcome everybody to another episode of Positive Blueprints Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you all today and I have Dr. K. Cassandra Brown with me. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Cassandra before she starts. And Dr. K uh, has done over 50 live presentations in the Always Journal 365 and When Women Heal Facebook groups. She also started an online Bible study connecting the dots in scripture to the image of God, her public speaking brand, the Tilted Fedora Trainer. She's also a certified John Maxwell presenter and teaches communication and leadership skills. She lives in Texas. She's the mother of four adult sons, and she is in hopes of getting a grandchild. <laughs> Dr. K, how are you doing today? I am excellent as always, Fernanda, even better now that we've connected. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about you and the, the nickname, Dr. King? <laughs> Thank you. I don't have a doctorate's degree in any topic. I received this nickname from a group of ladies that I did an online prayer group with for 15 months. We met every morning, Monday through Friday at 5, I believe it was at 5 a.m., either 5 a.m. or 4 a.m., but very early in the morning, we met for the first hour of every day for 15 months. And when I first joined the group, I was kind of quiet, and then I was prompted to speak, and whatever it was I said just totally impressed everybody. And the leader of the group said, you've got so much good information. From now on, I'm calling you doctor. And that was it. And it you're stopped. Dr. K. From now on, you're, and she just said it. And the next day, everybody was, hey, Dr. K, you're on the line. Good morning. It was, it stuck. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. K, we are here to talk about betrayal, mm -hmm. moving beyond betrayal. And I think it's such an important topic because it has affected everybody. And I'm talking about myself and my background being Hispanic. I know that Hispanics tend to uh, take things to the heart. And when someone does something to us, if we feel offended, if we feel betrayed, if we feel wronged by any means, by anybody, we literally like will take it to the grave. And it's something that we think in a matter of like, oh, yes, you know, how dare they? But we many times we fail to realize what that's doing to us. Yes. So I'm super excited to bring you in this conversation because I have been in, in those shoes and I wish I would have had this conversation with you five years ago when I was literally dealing with my own personal stuff. So welcome, welcome uh, to the podcast. And can you tell us a little bit about your book? What inspired the book? Thank you so much for asking. And I am so glad to be on the podcast. I'm, I'm excited. I hope I have some friends watching and listening in, even though I posted the wrong time, I went back and tried to correct it. So <laughs> hopefully they're still able to make it. But the book was actually birthed out of that more, that group that nicknamed me Dr. K. They asked me to do a teaching and I've never done virtual. I've always spoken in front of people. So the first fear that I had was doing something virtual. I'm used to getting a connection to the audience. And they said, it'll be fine. Um, a few years earlier, I had, I had uh, done a talk called While Waiting for You, I Found Me, based on the life of Leah from the Old Testament book of Genesis. Leah was married to a man who did not love her. She had eight sons and one daughter. And she chronicled her life in the names of her sons. 
So the first son's name actually translated into English means the Lord has seen that I am afflicted and miserable. So that's the first son's name. The second mm -hmm. son's name was no better. His name is God has heard that I'm unloved. The third son's name is I am unattached. Hopefully my husband will notice me. I mean, this, this woman was in bad shape. But then when she hit her fourth son, she's going remember she's had, she has eight sons. By son number four, she has a tremendous revelation. And she names the fourth son, and we all know the name, Judah. But Judah means this time I will praise. Mm. And from there, the next son's name is, is fortunate. The son after him is, is happy. The son after him is respect is rewarded. And the last son is respected. And then the daughter's name is vindicated. So she goes from feeling the lowest of low to the highest of high in the matter of having nine children. And that's what prompted the book is the first part of her life had to do with betrayal. The reason her husband didn't love her is that he was in love with her sister, her mm -hmm. sister Rachel. And on the wedding night, their father told Leah to go into the marriage, into the wedding chamber and consummate the marriage. So her life in marriage started with a betrayal. Wow. That's and because of that, it, because of that switch, she was married. And the Bible says that Jacob loved Rachel, the younger sister, and hated Leah. No so she's in a marriage where she's in a marriage where the whole the, the whole foundation of the marriage is betrayal. Mm -hmm. And as I worked through the that message and worked through the teachings that I did for these women, this was the first topic that I dealt with was how do you deal with betrayal? Mm -hmm. And then as I walked through the steps that I had gone through and did some research and some stuff, brought it all together and it, it became a book. So the leader of the group, the one who named me Dr. K said, that is phenomenal information. You ought to write a book. <laughs> like, write a book? You're who crazy. Would <laughs> who would read? I don't even know that I can write. Writing books is for people, you know, who have all of these degrees and all of this information. And she said, no, you have excellent content and you've walked through it. I went through a very bad divorce and there was betrayal in my divorce as there is betrayal in the majority of divorces. Mm -hmm. Very few people, I think, truly just fall out of love with each other. I think there are, there are unsaid things, you know, unspoken thoughts, unmet expectations, and in the core somewhere, there's a betrayal. And it may not be infidelity. It may just be someone who didn't keep their vows and decided personally not to keep the flames burning. So because of that, and with the encouragement of the group, the book was birthed. The book was and birthed. The time of COVID was the perfect time for it to come to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Wow. Can you tell me a little bit how you would deal with someone who comes to you and says, hey, I'm dealing with, for example, my husband cheated on me or my best friend betrayed me or something so significant that it can happen in our lives. And I'm dealing with all of these emotions, negative emotions, and I'm feeling uh, that I'm not worthy and I'm feeling depressed and all these all these negative feelings surrounding the event. And I feel like it's my fault and I'm blaming myself and I'm blaming others and all these things. So how do you deal with someone who's going through all of these emotions? Great, great, great question. 
In the book, I detail four steps. The first step has to do with what you just said, self-care. Self-care is significant because when we go through that, e that event and we have those feelings of lack of self-worth, no self-esteem, taking the blame for everything that happened on us, even as, as children, I've, I've uh, recently gotten to talk to some women who were molested as children, four and five years old, and taking the blame on themselves for what an adult did to them and carrying that through their lives. And it's the first thing that I talk to them about is taking care of yourself. Let's start looking at our diet. Let's start looking at exercise. Let's look at what we are consuming, what we're watching, what we're listening to, because what we take in affects what comes out. One of the tools in the first chapter is an emotion word wheel. And I love the emotion word wheel. The reason I love it is a lot of times people don't know exactly how to articulate what they're feeling. They don't know how to say that. They don't have the words. We use six or seven emotion words. We say I'm mad and mad could be I'm furious or I'm perturbed. I'm, I'm frustrated. And mad has all of these different shades. I liken it to what a parent would do if their three-year-old spilled a glass of milk versus what they would do if somebody cut them off on the freeway and made them miss their exit. You're not going to curse out the three-year-old for spilling the glass of milk. You're going to fuss. You'll clean it up. And you'll say, next time, ask mommy to get it for you. But with the guy who cuts you off on the freeway, making you miss your exit, you know, you're going to throw him the finger. You're going to shout. You're going to yell. Even if they can't hear you, you're going to react differently. So those are two different shades of anger. It's the same with all emotions. We can say I'm sad, but you could be, you know, mourning and grieving the loss of a good friend or a spouse. And that's different from I'm sad because I miss my favorite TV show. Mm -hmm. So the emotion word will takes those seven core emotions and gives them probably 15 to 20 words each that are different shades of that same emotion. So that now a person can identify specifically how they feel. And when we get to the end of the book, we bring closure. Part of bringing closure is confronting that individual. And you don't want to go to them and say, you made me feel a kind of way. Mm -hmm. Nobody understands what a kind of way is. Right. But if you look at them and say, you know what? I was embarrassed. This is how I felt. Mm -hmm. This is how I felt. In that moment, I was embarrassed. In that moment, I was scared. In that moment, I felt unloved. In that moment, I was terrified. In that moment, I was frustrated. When you give those kinds of words, and those are words that if they're not familiar with them, they can go to a dictionary and get a good definition. So now they can identify with how you felt in the moment. And now they can have empathy for you because they can identify your feelings. That made me feel a kind of way doesn't give them any point of connectivity. So they will never understand what that event, the impact that event had on you. But also, it's not just for them. It's for me. It's for the person who's been betrayed, understanding the emotions that they felt in that moment so that they can give those emotions proper, proper release, proper expression and proper release. A lot of people will stuff down the emotions because they're not sure of what they are. You've seen somebody who wants to cry and they, I, don't, I don't know why I want to cry, but I just want to cry. Well, you're experiencing an emotion that's causing tears. Mm -hmm. So identify that specific emotion, acknowledge it, and then release it, express it. 
Let it have full reign in that moment so that it can be fully released. You as a, as a holistic nurse, you know that when we don't let those emotions go, they linger in the body and cause illness. Exactly. They yeah. do. They yeah. do. So you know, a lot I was listening to a video by Tony Robbins. Uh, mm -hmm. That was some time a year ago, and I had some unresolved bus businesses with certain people that I was feeling betrayed, uh, you know, by, and I had some negative emotions. And the video, Tony Robbins is saying that he was daring anybody that was listening to the video to literally grab the phone and call mm -hmm. the person, whoever it is, call the person and say, I forgive you. I don't have any negative feelings towards you or write a letter or whatever it is. This is how I felt. This is why I felt it. But I'm no longer that person. I'm no longer feeling this way. And I will, I want to let it go. And I'm letting it go now. And he's saying, you don't even have to wait for a response. Like, you know, because the other person on the other end of, of the phone, is going to be like, what, what the heck is going on? Right. He's like, you don't even have to wait. Just say what you have to say, make your peace, hang up the phone, and you won't believe the relief that you are going to feel by doing that. Mm -hmm. Sandra, I had been dealing with emotions that I had bottled up against people inside for years and years mm -hmm. and years and not necessarily understanding the impact because I was, it's not people that I would see every day. Mm -hmm. Right. I would say the cause, but every time the name would come up or every time a subject or a conversation or whatever would come up, I would feel this negative emotion in my body. So I knew mm -hmm. it was affecting me, but I didn't think it was a big deal because it wasn't affect it wasn't affecting me every single day. Right. right. Yet when I did that, when I released those emotions, when I did those, when I made those calls, when I wrote those letters and I just let it go. I could feel the tension. I could feel the anger. I could feel the resentment. I could feel all this negative negativity just leaving my body it was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like you take off a weight. Mm -hmm. and you break out of, I, in the book, I liken it to breaking out of a prison. Because what people, people don't, they, we, we, we hear it, but we don't understand that we're also living it. When we have those, those events, those cataclysmic events, catastrophic events, if we don't deal with them, we are stuck somewhere in our in our growth. In that place, there was a movie, um, and I can't remember that it was it was like Seven Psychopaths or something like that. A really interesting movie, but the the basis of the movie was a bus of prisoners who had, who were being transported from one prison to another, and all seven of them start killing one another off. At the end of the movie, you find out that it's not seven different psychopaths, it's one person who is broken into seven different personalities. And as he takes this bus ride from one prison to the next, he actually is dealing with each personality. So there's one personality, he was traumatized at the age of seven, and that personality presents as a, seven, as a, as a psychotic seven-year-old girl. Another one is a, a gay teenager because he was molested by, by a man. Another one is a 35-year-old drunk husband. They, and all, they are all seven people that represent seven catastrophic events in his life. And wow. as he takes and I've, I've, when I've told people about that, I said when, whenever you have one of these catastrophic moments that you don't deal with, 
you're stuck at that point in your life emotionally. Your growth is stunted in that area. So you find out you may not be able to get into a relationship because something happened when you were five years old and now you don't trust men. So every relationship goes crazy because you were you were molested by a man at a young age and it was not dealt with. And that is now turned into a mistrust. So every time you get into a relationship, <laughs> you're having trust issues. Right. So that's what we fail to realize many times too is that the the anger or the resentment that we have towards someone, we think that it only affects us when we're interacting with that person, but it affects every area of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Every area and it affects the other relationships. It certainly it does. Because it's a relationship issue. So it ends up being, it's an emotional pain. It's a psychological pain. It's a it's a, a physical pain. That's why we felt all of that release is all of those different areas were breaking free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the goal of, of writing the book is to help people break out of those prisons. It's actually a workbook. A lot of people say, I'll order your book and read it. And I go, oh, you don't just read it. You actually have to work through yeah. it. There are questions asking you to engage with a specific betrayal so that you can take the four steps to walk away from it. Step number one is practice self-care. Deal with those emotions, identify them, and then start to identify the negative behaviors that are attached. We, we eat badly. I went through a divorce. That was my, my big betrayal issue in life. I went through a divorce. And in the divorce, I found when I gave my kids to their dad for the weekends, I would go to the store, buy two to four large bags of Doritos, and I would live from Friday to Sunday on coffee and Doritos. No vegetables, <laughs> no vitamins, nothing nutritious. Coffee and Doritos, not even, not necessarily water unless I was destruction. Really yeah, self-destruction. Mm -hmm. Not practicing good self-care. I, I played a video game literally 24 hours because I, I wanted to check out, but mm -hmm. couldn't. So that was how I stayed. And that was where I would be for the weekends. Mm -hmm. And then at night, I would drive long distances and yell and scream in the car, trying to vent the frustration. It really, it plays out in some very, very not good ways. So I had to begin to practice self-care. I saw a therapist. I recommend to everybody, get a therapist, get a therapist, not only for you, but if you have children and you're going through a divorce, get a therapist for the kids. Because you're not the only one getting divorced. Your mm -hmm. children are getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And they need help dealing with their own emotions and their own feelings and trying to keep themselves from going insane while you're having insane moments. <laughs> so, um, but that was the first step is just practicing self-care. The second step is forgive. And we actually talk about what forgiveness really is. It is releasing. And I love that Tony Robbins said, make the phone call, say that you've forgiven them. You're not that same person. Um, and for some people that'll work for other people, they got to get through some stuff. We've got to work through some stuff. That's why that first step of identifying the emotions and releasing, it allows you now to forgive. So now we work on what it is to release, releasing the actual act of betrayal, releasing the person who betrayed you, releasing yourself. So forgiving it, forgiving them, forgiving you. People will wonder, how do I have to forgive myself? I didn't do anything. You hold yourself guilty because you didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. That's the one that I had to deal with. 
you hold yourself guilty because you got into that relationship and everybody in your family said, don't marry him or don't marry her. And so now you're guilty because well, they were all right. I was wrong. You have that I told you so moment. Mm -hmm. So it is necessary to forgive your own self for what happened. Because you may feel guilty because you allowed it to happen. I knew it was going on and I still let it happen. There are all kinds of reasons why we hold ourselves hostage as well as holding the individual hostage. Mm -hmm. And I find that we tend to be harder on ourselves than we are on them. So yes. they don't get the feelings we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing that, um, and you're taking the same course. So I know that you, that you listen to the same video that I, that I'm listening to yes. when we, th there is different ways to, ingrain something in our in our minds right mm -hmm. one is constant space repetition so doing something over and over and over again and that's why when we learn how to drive we don't necessarily have to think okay i'm gonna put the car in drive and i'm going to steer this way and i'm going to brake you don't really have to think about it anymore after some time because it's constant space repetition the other way that we can get something ingrained in our minds in our brain is by an impact an emotional impact and in many times it's a negative impact, such mm -hmm. as in the case of betrayal. And when we are, when we have something ingrained in our minds, it literally takes, takes like roots and it starts growing like a tree inside. And it's, it, it, there is no escaping. There is no like ignoring it. There is, you gotta deal with it. Mm -hmm. You have to deal with it. You have to, I, I, explain to people that bitterness is an ugly bitterness is an ugly root with a horrible blossom <laughs> and that's what and that's what takes root is this, uh -huh. it's the bitterness and i'm glad you said the constant space time repetition because the last step under forgiveness the last action is repeat <laughs> repeat repeat every time you think about it i forgave every time you think about it i've released this you're not allowed to stay here because you've been released. And as you say that over and over again, each time you are taking sandpaper to that etching and smoothing it off. Mm -hmm. And eventually those thoughts will stop. Eventually you won't have to say it again. And you'll see that person and you won't want to kill them or cry or run. You won't be in that, that prison of unforgiveness anymore because all of that animosity is gone. Trust that, that life, God, karma, universe, whatever. That person will be taken care of. They'll be mm -hmm. dealt with. It's not your job to deal with. It's your job to move on from that That's moment. important. That and to grow through it. So we talk about that. The third step is to rebuild trust. When you go through a betrayal, trust is broken. And trust is a muscle. Faith is a muscle. Trust is a muscle. Uh, think about that. Wow. Thank you, Barry. That's a great, great comment. Bitterness mm -hmm. and hate quicker than some other illnesses. You're right. You're right. They can cause an illness to advance too. They certainly can. They can. Um, the next one though is rebuilding trust. Because a trust muscle has been broken and because we don't exercise trust again, that muscle atrophies. So it has to be rebuilt. And we talk about the steps to rebuild trust, how you can begin to go into relationships again and share again, and then begin to choose people carefully in terms of how you rebuild that trust, having those conversations. Uh, and that is that is so significant because, again, if we've been through a betrayal, especially in a, in a male-female husband-wife relationship, it is really easy to make the other person, the new person, carry the burden of your pain from the previous person. Mm -hmm. 
So now husband, new husband number two, you've married at a much older age. It wasn't your high school sweetheart that, I, you know, all that, the love stuff. But you've married this person at a much later age in life. You're both older and mature, but you're still, when he leaves the house, I wonder where he's going. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. If he's on the phone, you know, the phone rings and he's not there. You, you know, you're going. All of that is from a muscle, a trust muscle that has been broken and atrophied and not rebuilt. So we've got to rebuild trust. Sometimes that requires getting a confidant, getting a counselor to give all of that information to that you're afraid to give to anybody else because you're afraid they may say it to someone. Mm -hmm. A counselor can help you work through all of that. And as you work with a counselor, you're rebuilding trust in that counselor. And then as you develop new friendships, you're rebuilding trust in those friendships. As you're doing things, you're rebuilding trust in yourself and you get back to a place of authenticity. And that was that section. Uh, as I went through my divorce, I realized that in the marriage, I'd allowed myself to be absorbed into my husband's personality. So coming out of it, every time I engaged with people, I'd have to ask myself, was I authentic in that moment? Was that the real Cassandra? Who am I? Who am, yeah. mm -hmm. Did I, you know, when, when I said, when they asked me, where do you want to go for dinner? And I said, I don't care. Was I, did I really want something? And I just, I wanted them to, to take what they wanted so that they would have a good time and not be concerned about myself. So that was a real, that was a struggle. That was a moment of growth. And being able to trust my own words, my own voice, as well as trust, entrust it to somebody else. And then the fourth and final step is to bring closure. And that is to actually confront the act of betrayal or the person who did it. And you can do that in person. You can do it by phone call. You can do it by letter. If that person is, you can't get in touch with them. There's a technique I'm sure you've heard of called the empty chair. Mm -hmm. I have. I have. Put that person in, you know, set a chair in the room, imagine that person there and have that conversation. But now when you have the conversation, it's not, you did this, you made me feel. It's, hey, in that moment, I felt, you take ownership of those emotions. Mm -hmm. When you did, I felt. And you don't ask them why, you ask what? What can we do to move on? What can we do to repair? What did you feel in that moment? A lot of times when we have that conversation, especially if the person is still alive, we find out that they were acting out of old hurts in their own life. You know, so when you responded that way, it reminded me of what my mom would do when I was five years old. And I'd ask her if I could go outside and she'd scream and yell. So when you raised your voice, it took me back to that moment. And I had to fight back because as a three or four year old, I couldn't. But mm -hmm. as an adult, I can. Certainly. So in those conversations, we can find out that there is all kinds of stuff. That betrayal was triggered by something else. Mm -hmm. And now we can find out that trigger. And in that conversation, in that closure, you not only heal yourself, you can bring healing to them. And you know, then you can the relationship, if that's what you choose to do, or you can walk away and say, you know what, like Tony Robbins said, I've had that difficult conversation. I'm out of this prison. I've destroyed the blossom. I've destroyed the root and I can go on with my life. Wow. Mm -hmm. There's a 
couple of important things that you mentioned. One of them is, and it being one of the things, is what how how dare they do that to me, right? How how is it possible? Why would they do that to me? And rephrasing that because everything it's how you focus on things are how basically the reality that you give them, right? So mm -hmm. refocusing that uh, negative maybe scenario, whatever happened to that person, did the best they could with where they were in their life. Yes, it's basically what it is. If they yeah. betrayed, if they lied, if they cheated, if they did whatever it is, that's where they were in their journey in life. And who am I to say that? You know, it, there's there's nothing else as long as you refocus your attention in the way. And just saying, you know what, that was them and that was where they were in their journey. And this is me and this is where I am in my journey. And that helped me so much. And it yeah. goes very similar to what you were basically. Yes, that's it. It's, it's understanding in that moment that mm -hmm. that's where they were. And we have to remember that the way we perceive things, we are responsible for our perception. So mm -hmm. we can, <laughs> hey, Barry. I do too, Barry. I wish I would have done this years ago. Barry, you can still get the book. No. <laughs> Give it to a friend. Um, yeah, it's significant. It's significant. And thank you for that. I thank you, Barry, for that comment, because that reinforces to me the importance of this. Yes. I wrote the book over a year ago and didn't release it until now, because frankly, I didn't, I did not realize that there was value to the book in the community and that it really did need to release. But mm -hmm. God does all things well, so it's coming out at the right time for it to come out. Because now I have the time to see on shows like this and to, mm -hmm. to talk to people about what they're dealing with. Uh, but we are responsible for our perception. We can choose how we see a situation. And I've explained to people, especially when I did, I also did parenting ministry when I was act actively pastoring, talked to a lot of parents whose children as adults were angry with them and they didn't know how to deal with the anger. And my question to them, to them would be, did you do the best that you could with the information that you had? And every parent would say, yes, I did the best that I could with the information that I had. I said, then that is where you find your release. And you tell them that they have to believe that for themselves, but you can't carry the burden of their anger for, you as a young child, which mm -hmm. you didn't know when you were a 16 year old mother, which you didn't know when you were 21, a single parent with three kids, what you didn't know, you did just, you did the best that you could with the information that you had at that moment. And as you got better information, you became better as a parent. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the child has to own that for themselves, that my mom, my dad did the best that they could with the information that they had. And it's so important that you bring the concept of responsibility. And I've said this before in different shows in the past, more mm -hmm. focused towards health. We got to be responsible for our own health, but it, it applies for every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I said it before to where even if we didn't think we were in the wrong, even if we think we were perfect, a perfect wife, a perfect husband, a perfect mother, a perfect son, a perfect daughter, whatever it is, and they still did us wrong assuming the responsibility for whatever happened doesn't mean i'm guilty it just means i am taking control i can now change it i am taking yeah. accountability so i can move it because if you're giving somebody else 
control or responsibility over your emotions, then you're literally giving them literally control over how you feel and you yeah. can't do anything about it. Yeah, you literally give them control over you. And I'm so glad you said that because taking responsibility is taking responsibility over how I react, <laughs> over what I do. I may not be, I, I'm not admitting guilt to the situation. I didn't do that, but I can control how I respond. I can't control what they did, but I can control how I respond. And that's what moving beyond betrayal is all about, is helping people get past what they may never get over, taking control back of their own lives, their own emotion, their own thoughts their own words, that incident in their lives, taking back control. Because again, that bitterness is a is an ugly root with a really, really ugly blossom, horrible mm -hmm. root with an ugly blossom. You know, and Dr. Wayne Dyer, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Yes. He says, you don't die from a snake bite. You die from the venom of the snake bite. So yeah. we don't die, we, we're not hurting because of what happened, because of the act itself. We're hurt because of the emotional reaction that we continue to have over mm -hmm. and over and over again after something happens, something traumatic happens in our lives. That's the venom yeah. that kills us, not what happened, but how we react to it. Right, because if you survived it, you're still alive. <laughs> but we yeah. allow ourselves, this, it's interesting because we allow events to kill us. We allow, I, I worked with seniors in choosing their Medicare Advantage plans. And I can't tell you how many, how many widowed ladies I met who, who literally would say, I wish I had some friends. I wish I could go out. I wish I, and I'd say, well, why don't you? Well, my husband died. And I'd say, but you're not in the grave. You and I are talking. You're alive. <laughs> What's keeping you from going out and enjoying your life? Well, my husband died. I, I, I got that. He's dead. He's buried. We know where he is. But do you realize that you're not in the grave with him? Uh -huh. <laughs> you're in a beautiful community of other seniors. They have activities. Have you ever gone down and played cards with the other ladies? Have you ever gone on one of the shopping trips? Have you ever? You've got to decide to live. Take responsibility for living. Uh -huh. And that's what we're saying here is take responsibility for your life. You get a much better life. Yes. You yes. get a much much i'm having so much fun now you get a much better life definitely dr k we are actually believe it or not the time flew by we're towards the end of our show can you get uh let us know the four steps once again just really quick i'm gonna write them down for the audience and then tell us where we can find you where people care about you if we want to work with you where we can find your book and everything else Okay, great. The four steps, very, very easy. The first one, practice self-care, good self-care. The second one is choose to forgive. The third one is rebuild trust. And the fourth one is bring closure. So those are the four simple steps. Each step has about four different movements. But once you go through all four of those, you've pretty much walked through that issue of betrayal. You can reach out to me at www the tilted fedora trainer.net www.thetiltedfedoratrainer.net the book is available on that website and it is also available at amazon amazon.com moving beyond betrayal you have to put in the name cassandra brown because there are two books with the same name mine is help getting beyond what you may never get over get uh, yeah help getting past what you may never get over but there is another moving beyond betrayal book 
So both of them come up. You have to look for the one that is written by Cassandra Brown. You can also connect with me on Facebook at www.facebook forward slash Fedora on tilt. <laughs> Got to get it tilted. www.facebook.com forward slash Fedora on tilt. Any one of those and you can reach out to me. Awesome. And you can connect with me through both of them. Thank you so much for your time, for dropping so many today. I wish, just like Barry, I wish I would own these years ago because I, as I said before, these are things that we don't know how to deal with when we get impacted mm -hmm. and something like that. Really, without the proper knowledge, it's so easy to just fall into this deep hole of negative emotions and those mm -hmm. negative emotions just keep leading up to more negative emotions, more negative results. And then next thing we know, we open our eyes and we realize that we are literally in a sea of depression, anxiety, and having all these negative reactions around us. And we, you know, it's better to, to not get to that. So if you're ever ever in Twitter, trade you're dealing with negative emotion or sandra and anything else any other little gems or anything that you want to share with the audience before we finish the only one is remember that your life is a gift from god and in the words of our mentor les brown there is greatness in you there is greatness in there you. everything that you can to express it and bring it out because the world needs what god has put in you that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Cassandra. I appreciate you. And with that, we are going to take off. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>